to Core Community Covenant Church with Pastors Max and Trish. Join us as we learn more about the Word of God. Amen and God bless you. <laughs> Today is Resurrection Sunday. We're very excited about it. Uh, we celebrate uh, God's power. God's promise, God's faithfulness of him uh, raising his, his son, Jesus Christ, from death. Uh, we, on Friday, we celebrated, um, the, celebrated, remembered the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Uh, but praise God that we get to celebrate today's resurrection. Um, Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So it reminds us how important it is that the resurrection, just like God the Father raised his son, Jesus, from the dead, we too, in our faith in Jesus Christ, are going to be raised with him, um, to be with him. So it's just uh, an exciting time. Uh, in our faith, an exciting day to to remember, and of course we should celebrate resurrection each and every every day to remember that power of resurrection. Yeah, and right now in the midst of our series, we're studying perseverance, uh, specifically persevering. Uh, today's topic is uh, in service, and we're going to unpack what that means for us as believers. That. Uh, you know, according to Acts chapter two, one of the things that the early church did was they persevered in meeting together. Uh, we are to do the same. And in that meeting together, um, we are to persevere in service, uh, serving God and serving one another. And what does that look like? Um, and in the context of Resurrection Sunday, this aligns really well because Matthew twenty twenty eight uh, says this, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve he gave his life as a ransom for many. Uh, and that is the picture of what service looks like, uh, that Jesus didn't just do you know, anything for everyone who was around him. He wasn't pulled in 50 directions. I mean, he was pulled in 50 directions, but during his time on earth, he was very focused that he came for one purpose, for one calling, and that was to be obedient to the plan that God has for his had for his life, yep. um, for God's will to go to the cross, um, to be buried, and to rise again on the third day for uh, the forgiveness of our sins. And he was never distracted from that. That was the ultimate service, right? That there is no greater love in this than one would lay down their life for their friends. And that is the ultimate gift that he gave us that we celebrate and we remember on Resurrection Sunday. So in the context of eternity, really, uh, it's important for us to understand this topic of persevering in service uh, as we are following Christ in that same model. Absolutely. It's not something that he commanded us to do um, that was out of ordinary. It's, it's something that we do because uh, we've talked a number of times that you know we, we're like Paul says we run we run the race to to receive the prize the prize of becoming more like Christ. So the service is becoming like Christ because he served us in such a sacrificial way to fully gave up his life. So and one of the keys that as we prepared for this study that we kept coming across was that we serve 
not because we are unworthy or that we are less than or we're meant to be a doormat, but we serve because just as Jesus, you know, he washes his disciples' feet when he knows that he's been given all authority and power on heaven and on earth. Um, that's how the story begins. And even here, he, you know, in Matthew 20, right before he says that he did not come to be served, but to serve, he says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must act as a slave. And so we don't serve out of this self-groveling martyrdom mm. um, sense of, you know, abject shame, but we serve because we know that as we give to the least of these, that great is our reward in heaven. And that that is what pleases the father as we submit and obey. And we follow the example of Christ um, that we are able to serve and we are able to uh, do so humbly, um, not seeing ourselves with pride and arrogance because we know we're saved by grace, but also not feeling that we have to serve because we're, we're not worth anything, but we serve out of the power and authority of the Holy Spirit that's within us that enables us um, to do so much more than what we could do out of our own strength. And we yeah. could do nothing apart from him. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think as, as we dive into our key verses for today and go through the, uh, the three points that, that we wanted to share today about serving, we'll see that uh, Christ-centered, uh, God-centered heart and spirit-led serving it's not just let me be involved in everything and then some, and let me say yes to everything and everybody, but to be led by the by the Spirit, to seek um, what God wants us to do. Just like Jesus, we, we talked about that earlier when he was in Gethsemane. He was like, let not my will be done, but yours. I don't want to do this, but I, I'll, I'll do it because I want to honor you, God. So. Right. That, that's kind of one of the things, so we need to have that in mind as we are preparing to serve the community, prepares to serve the body of Christ and everything else. Right, and we're going to spend a good chunk of our time today in Galatians chapter 6, uh, starting with verse 2 uh, and onward. But before we dive into that specific text and the, the three points that we've outlined for today, uh, I think it's really important that, again, we... We have this context that we've already explained, but you know a lot of what we do with with core and with our teaching with our podcast is we kind of detox and we <laughs> we uh, deconstruct. That's kind of an overused word in in today's society. Uh, the deconstructing of institutionalized uh, beliefs, and one of the the key things about service that we need to just draw a really hard line and a hard anchor is that when God calls us to serve and in the text that we're looking at in Galatians chapter six today, he's not calling us to serve the institution of the church. Mm. He's calling us to serve the church as in the body of believers. So we are to serve and love one another. Jesus makes it very clear. He says, love one another as I have loved you, mm -hmm. that they will know you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. Absolutely. And so we are not called to serve the church. It's great to get involved in ministry. It's great you know, to, to be part of the food pantry or the soup kitchen, um, you know, to serve the least of these. It's, those are all good things uh, you know, to, to help the poor, to be part of the parking lot or the greeter ministry or all of those wonderful things. But ultimately, when we serve, um, we are serving one another 
in, in the sense of helping one another on our spiritual journey. Uh, he even says, the poor you will always have with you. So those are good things, but the church has to be the church. Uh, and, and those other things are good things, but we have to come back. And if we don't get this right, then everything else is just busyness. Yeah, that's it's the identifying the difference between good things and God things. Right. right. I, th- I think that's that was always a key to conversation that was a huge struggle for us both of us ministering for over 20 years and be like man we're really busy but how much of it is a god thing or how much of it is just it's good things but god probably might have not had us doing it somebody else should have done it there's a time for us yeah it would have got a blessing for somebody else but let's dive in into uh galatians so that we can go through the points so you guys kind of can understand our heart more on this topic so Galatians 6, 2, we're going to read 2 through 5, and this is where it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he is deceiving himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. So this is a this is a big one. So one of the ways that we can serve each other, this is a, what God calls us to do, is to carry each other burdens. Now this is a very big key, and we had a pretty good discussion about this. Is that not? It's not just taking away somebody's burdens. We can't do that. God alone can only do that. But be next to them. Carry carry those burdens um, with them. We talked in our in our series on sharing. We talked about anything we do, we do together. That that's right. kind of the calling. That's why we want to persevere to be together as a body of Christ. Um, that we can know what burdens my brother and sister and come alongside of them and help them through this burden. But we want to give God the room to do something during that burden, right. whatever that looks And a like. burden is something that's too big for us to carry alone. And yeah. I think that's why there's a bookend to this text where it says, for each one should carry his own load in verse five. So oftentimes, you know, we get into relationships and, and we have, we get nervous about boundaries in the church because some people, you know, they, they look for help or they have a need, or maybe we have family members or friends and out of the goodness of our heart, because we're kind and loving people, we help them out, send them money, you know, whatever the issue may be. Mm-hmm. But it just continues the cycle and they never actually get out of the situation there. And they don't really come to the Lord directly to provide, to change, to be transformed. And so we're actually kind of enabling. And here it says that each one should carry their own load. So there's a huge difference between enabling people mm-hmm. uh, and helping people who are truly under a burden, something that is uh, discouraging, something that could lead to despair, someone who's in a really difficult time. And in that situation, when God calls us to, we share that burden and then that burden isn't so heavy. And and even in that way, if God has called us to that specific individual and that burden, that may be something that to them is a burden, but to us, it's actually yeah, easy. You know, someone could be having a real tough time understanding a legal issue and someone else in the church is a lawyer and those two people connect and something that's a burden for that one person is something really simple for another person in the body of christ marriages kids work there's so much things that overwhelms us each and every day and god has provided that person in the body of christ who can help you with this load it's like oh i got this i do this every day 
Right. You know, so absolutely. And the important thing, the reason we uh, we started off with this part is that the verse 2 ends with, uh, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? We got to look at John 13, 34 and 35. And um, it's it says plainly, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Trish quoted that earlier, but that's how, when, when people see how much we care for one another in the body of Christ and come alongside of one another, um, they will see that love. And I, and I know people be like, man, so there's something different in them. And I want that because I'm walking around here by myself carrying this thing. You know, a lot of people uh, have this idea that when you become a Christian, all your burdens go away. You know, <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it says in the Bible, my my, my yoke is easy and my, 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 my burden, burden is, is light. light. But that might his teaching is light. His hope is light. His faithful, his spirit. But the what is, the world puts on us, what our families puts on us, was it's life. It's, it's the life itself. It's it's heavy. So that's why we have the body of Christ that can come alongside and take on some of this. No, I'm sorry, not take on, care help us carry these burdens um, together. Together, mm-hmm. yeah. So that that is the important part. And I think when people see that, it's like, wow, I need that. I want that. And that's that's the joy of perseverance of being in that body of, of Christ, to be in the in the in that circle. Right. And here in verse three and four, it says, "If anyone thinks he is something when he has nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves without comparing themselves to somebody else." And this is a this is kind of a litmus test to true service. Mm-hmm. So often in the church, there's like a hierarchy or a rank. You know, there's those who get to be on stage who are worship leaders versus those who maybe are in the parking lot, and and people take pride in different ways. Like some people take pride in the fact that like, I don't need to be in the light. And some people is, well, I get to be, you know, people know who I am and just being really raw and transparent. I mean, the church is perfect until the people walk through the door. right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and so we all bring our pride in these different ways and, and we're deceiving ourselves even like, Oh, I'm going to serve and I'm going to be this greeter for all five services. And I'm going to stand there. And Sweet. even though my life is a mess and even though I'm, you know, despairing, I'm going to smile and I'm going to make people feel welcome. Yeah. You're deceiving yourself. Like, Straight up, not only are you deceiving the people who walk through the door, but you're deceiving yourself because that is not the kind of service that God asks for. That is actually, first of all, it's unhealthy. It's, it's inauthentic, it's toxic. but it's also, it's also superficial. Mm-hmm. The service that God is looking for requires us to be vulnerable. It requires time. It requires relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a sense of really being in each other because again this this text we we didn't start with verse one but it talks about if someone is caught in a sin to restore them gently but watch yourself because otherwise you might fall. So there's this this vulnerability of seeing each other's real struggles mm-hmm. and and the best way that we can serve each other is carrying those deep seated things not pasting on a smile and acting like everything is just fine. Mm-hmm. That is not the kind of service that God is looking for. He wants us to serve with, yes, with a joyful heart, but he wants us to serve with our whole selves, yeah. our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, our whole That's self. True. 
And even even when it's broken, um, and not to fake that we have it all together, but to continue to be faithful even in the brokenness, right? Yeah, I th- I think I love the, I love the, how Paul just checks. I mean, he's blunt. He's very. He's like, if anyone thinks there's something, he needs to remember there's nothing. You can do nothing without Jesus. Right. You can do nothing without Jesus. So you need to remember. And I, and I love this. Uh, the verse four starts off. Each one should test his own action. We we kind of say it in the church, like, check your heart. Right. Like, why are you doing this? Where, where is this coming from? So having that, that mindset in serving is know, knowing that the things that you're able to do is because God and God alone. And check your heart. If you're there with bitterness in your heart, then you probably shouldn't be there or you're there you better find somebody who you can release that burden to right and not just sit there in pain that's right. not what Have the body pray yeah, over you, that's not what the body it. of Christ mm-hmm. wants to be that's not what Christ wants for his church for sure or even cultivate the honesty of saying you know what today i i can't really do this today because i just need to sit and receive mm-hmm. or i just need to to have some quiet time because I'm I'm just going through some things, you know. And that that's hard because that takes that's a shift in culture in the church. You know, I, I wouldn't put that necessarily on the individual believer. I know a lot of church communities don't have that um there's like loyalty that's involved, there's a sense of responsibility and you don't want to let people down. And so it's it's really takes cultivating from pastors and the leadership to create a a culture of vulnerability a culture where people can be transparent and honest and say you know i can't i can't really do this today and to be released to be able to to be human right and in that humanness in in that brokenness to be able to experience the freedom in christ and to then be able to serve in a way that's genuine and healthy Uh, i mean as we go on through the rest of uh, Galatians 6, you know, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. The one who sows to please the sinful nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So even in our service, we're sowing something. Mm. And so if we're sowing in a way that's prideful or deceitful or full of bitterness, uh, we just need to be careful because God will not be mocked. You know, we're outwardly serving Him. But inwardly, where where is our mind? Where is our heart? You know, it may be far from him. We're, we're honoring him with our lips, right? Maybe as a worship leader mm-hmm. um, or during the worship time, but our hearts are are somewhere else. Yeah, but I think it's, it definitely has to start from the top. Mm-hmm. So people know that there's, there's uh, fruit of the spirit that is being flown, that if somebody's broken, there's kindness and goodness and and forgiveness and self-control and patience and gentleness right. you know it's all those things like am i going to receive that from my leaders or am i going to get a rebuke because how dare you right but even that i mean we call them leaders but really like jesus says whoever wants to be first shall be last so the role of a pastor is to serve and so our role as pastors and this is how we approach yeah you know our our membership is that we we serve and so we see it almost like gardening like my my role here is to help ask tough questions and get the weeds out and to help you grow in that that's that's how i serve the people that god has put in our care and that's the kind of pastoral leadership that people need and if they're not getting that then 
to, to know that there are places out there, there are pastors out there who do have a yeah. true pastor's heart. And, and that is the goal is not to get you to become a mature disciple who checks off the list and you attend church and you tithe. You, you tithe and you're involved in ministry. You know, it's, yes, that's great to be involved in ministry, but I want to see, again, we've said it over and over, what, what we're serving and the way that we serve each other is to help members become mature as the image of Christ mm-hmm. and to reap the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace. So if the serving you're doing is making you bitter, <laughs> you need to be doing serving. something yeah, else. Something else. You're, you're, you're sowing the wrong thing, absolutely. right? If, if you're, you know, leading worship and you find that you're becoming prideful or that it's making you anxious or, mm-hmm. you know, different things, uh, then it's time to step aside and, and maybe find a different, a different way in a different place to serve. Uh, and it may not even be in, again, not serving the institution of the church, but serving the body of Christ, the people of the church with a capital C, yeah. uh, finding a body of believers where you can love and serve and be in relationship um, to grow into maturity. Yeah, I think even the verse nine, it goes, let us not become weary in doing good for the proper time we will get, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I feel like this is actually being used in sometimes in a negative way where, you know, I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. I just, I, I can do three services or two ser- services or I just can't serve today. And the, that encouraging, like, well, don't be weary of doing good. You know, don't give up. You'll reap the harvest. Um, and it's understandable. But uh, again, going back to verse four, check your heart. Like, what are you reaping? Are you reaping the, the spirit, fruit of the spirit, or are you reaping bitterness and, and anger, burnout, and all that other thing? So it's, it's very important for us to uh, not neglect ourselves and what the spirit is speaking to us. Um, but what, what, Trish, what Trish was kind of started talking about, the body of Christ and everything else, is kind of leads us to the next point, and verse 10 kind of is going to send us into that next point. Um, verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And again, pushing pushing that uh, f- frame mind that we start off as persevering of meeting uh, together. Why is it so important? Why do we need to gather? And we already talked about it's important to bear one each other's burdens, to carry each other's burdens. Uh, in the body of, of Christ. No, we want to go more into that of what we can do for believers that we honestly can't do for non-believers. Because if they're, they're not non-believers, they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. They don't understand the scriptures or anything. That it doesn't impact them as much as it would impact a, a believer. So we want to kind of turn more into the serving part uh, of our of our faith into some, if something in something more. So we're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4, uh, 4 through uh, 11. Um, you want to read it? Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, go ahead. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Mm-hmm. To one, there is given the Spirit of the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. 
to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. He gives them to each one just as he determines. And, uh, you know, as we were, as I was reading this, I, I was thinking of, of a few years back. This is going to sound disconnected at first, but hopefully it'll come together. Uh, this disastrous marketing campaign, and I know you already know the one. So a few years back, most people with everything that's happened in the world have kind of forgotten about this. But there was this big campaign that IHOP came out. I don't know if we have to give any. <laughs> they're not a sponsor. We're yeah. not getting. <laughs> so they came out with this campaign. They were going to change their name to IHOB because they serve burgers, right? <laughs> and, and as someone who is in business and it's been a lot of my career in the corporate sphere, it, it was just a disaster of a campaign because IHOP. You're the International House of Pancakes. People go there for pancakes. Like, yes, you may also have burgers, but you exist for pancakes. Why would you do that? You're not going to compete with Burger King. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to compete. And these other chains started to use not it as, sponsored a, by Burger King. as a piggyback campaign, making fun of that they were going to become Pancake King and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was this little blip in social media that was viral for a while, and everyone kind of forgot about it. But it's just stuck with me. This is what happens... When we get distracted doing good things, but we lose sight of the God thing. Ah, the church... I was wondering where you were going. The church has an identity, and it's a very specific identity. We have been given the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. and there is one specific thing that we are called to do. Like, yes, we should be a prophetic witness in the world, and we should do social justice. Yes, we should be active in our communities. Yes, we should help the poor. Yes, I am, I mean, if you follow my life, you know, I grew up, you know, most of, again, my my professional life has been involved, you know, against human trafficking, you know, helping the homeless, domestic violence, very, very active in the world, um, I don't think that we should be in the four walls of the church and stay confined. Mm-hmm. But let the church be the church. Yeah. And I think what has happened is that somewhere along the way, we lost sight of this the fact that what makes us distinct and unique is the Holy Spirit. Yes. We, we are meant to grow the Holy Spirit's power within us, um, his presence among us, to become mature, through words of knowledge, through, and we're, I mean, this isn't a series on these gifts. We're not going to get way into it. But when we lose sight of who we are, only we can be the church. Yes. You know, we might also have burgers. We might also have a coffee shop. But if we're not the church, if the spirit of God is not alive and active and present, then we are not, we have lost our identity. If we need fog machines and lights and we need to turn up the music to fabricate a sense that the Holy Spirit is presence, then, then we are no longer the church. Yeah. I think that that's a big thing, man. I, I, like, I like how you got there. Uh, but absolutely we should be coming in. We should be coming into the church, expecting these gifts of the spirit to manifest. Right. That's and, uh, and prepare. Uh, like we shared earlier with, with our, with our churches that you need to come in into the church to see God, how are you going to use me and my gifts today to, yeah. today to better the body of Christ? 
If my gifts are prayer, who are you going to lead me to pray for? If my gifts is word of knowledge, who am I going to encourage or rebuke with a word of knowledge? Who am I going to prophesy over? Who am I going to heal today? Who, whatever, whatever. Humbly, the, not thinking yeah, of yeah, yourself yeah, yeah, higher yeah. than you are, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, but body of Christ. What is my role today as a right. body? I'm a toe. And I'm coming into this body. How am I going to help somebody walk today? <laughs> I'm going to be today? the best That's, big toe that exactly, I can be. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'll be happy with a pinky toe. Uh, but it's it, that is the part. And that's the only thing that we can do as believers for believers. If I'm going to... There's, we, we do this all the time. You know, there's people who don't believe in God, don't have the relationship with God or have Jesus as their Lord. And some will be like, oh, I'll pray for you. If they don't understand the power of right. Christ and the power of prayer to them it's like oh thank you it's right. just well thoughts like, send it's like me saying s- god bless you when you sneeze send, send me your thoughts positive vibes <laughs> stuff like that that's how they accept it but if if you tell a believer tells another believer that i'm going to pray for you you know that they're going to be speaking to their father heavenly father in heaven that's powerful that's that's where how we can serve the believers and yes we can also help our, our brothers and sisters in Christ financially and help them to move a refrigerator and all that other stuff. But let us not forget, like like church said, let's church be the church and let's be led by the Holy Spirit and serve one another in the spirit and in truth. Right. And that's the best way, again, coming back to Christ, that we can love each other. You know, not to just do everything that's in front of us because it's the next good thing mm-hmm. or because someone asked us to. They wanted to make Jesus king. If he had listened to the people around him and they heard, oh, we're under Roman oppression. And, you know, if he had lost his focus, he could have been made king. He could have led a rebellion. But he stayed focused and he knew his first and foremost, the only thing he did what only he could do, which was to to be the king of of another kingdom that's not of this world and to set us free from sin and death. Anyone could have been an earthly political king, but he could be the, he was the only one who could be the Messiah. And, and that's, there's a lot of good things that we can do, but there are certain things that God wants us that it's the good works he has prepared in advance uniquely for us to do. And this text in Corinthians says there are different kinds of service, right? But the same Lord and the services that we're looking at are with, Wisdom, knowledge, healing, these other things, uh, not the things that we, I mean, anyone can make a casserole. Some people can't do it very well, but what is, but it will be anointed, casserole. <laughs> it will be an anointed casserole, but there are some things that God has uniquely set us apart to do within the body of Christ. Yeah. Something powerful that you said earlier when, when we were preparing for this, that really just aha, that aha moment about that remembering that we serve him because to, for God's will to honor God and everything else. Jesus could have been the king at the beginning while he was in the desert and Satan said, hey, bow down to me and all of this will be yours. You'll be the king over everything. But that wasn't God's plan. The hard truth God's plan was being in the Gethsemane, crying out, not thy will, my will be done, but yours will be done. You know, take this cup away from me. It was the cross. That was the the father's will for him. Mm Mm-hmm. For to hear his his people around him yell, crucify him. That was the will. But he could have become a king, which right. people thought that's what is needed. Um, yeah, that was what I remember when you shared that. That was really powerful to me. Right. 
Uh, and sadly, often we we do end up using the institution of a church to build our own little kingdoms. I mean, there are people as pastors, you know, they want to build a big church. You know, there's mm-hmm. worship leaders who use, you know, the Christian platform in order to build a large audience. And, and those are gift, the gifts of preaching, the gifts of teaching, the gifts of, you know, being able to, to worship with a beautiful voice. Um, those are, those are gifts from God. And, but to truly serve the church, we become less and he becomes more. And so we have to use our gifts in a way that don't necessarily build up our platform, but build up the spirit of God moving in the people around us. And a lot of times it goes unnoticed or unappreciated like they did with Christ. I mean, they rejected him. So that's a lot of times when we really operate and we serve God the way that he's called us to, it means that we'll face rejection from the very people we're trying to serve. Yeah, and just really quick before we finish this uh, this point, I really just want to po- point out that don't over-spiritualize serving somebody because there there's this this fight between us and James chapter 2 talks about it. It says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. Food, if anyone say to him, go wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but do nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? And I, I don't want that to to have for the, anybody to hear that either to be like, right. well, here's a believer, and you're a believer, just pray for them. Nope. Mm-mm. Like, yeah, love on them, take care of them, practice hospitality. Practice, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So don't be like, well, Pastor Max and Pastor Church said, well, I'll just pray for you. I'll I'll prophesy that somebody else is going to give you food. No. If you have, if you have a bread, split it and give it to them. You know? Exactly, because the key is that as we serve, we're fulfilling that command to mm-hmm. love one another. Yeah. And you know, we mentioned this earlier. Obviously, the five love languages are not biblical, but they're, they, I mean, they have a premise in scripture. There's examples in scripture, and service is one of the ways that we love each other. So, being physically present, listening to one another. And, and I think that serving is just one way that we can love each other well. Mm-hmm. And we need to persevere in that. Uh, you know, if, again, like you said, if, if someone, you know, is struggling with a sick child and they, they need a break, you know, yes, pray for them, but maybe offer them a, a few hours of relief or run to the nearest pharmacy and pick up some medication for the kid, you know. Mm-hmm give wisdom, you know, for the older women to give the younger women wisdom in their marriages for, you know, the men to sharpen one another and hold one another accountable. Like there's real practical ways, not over spiritualizing things. Um, But at the same time, we don't want to get so caught up in the physical that we forget that, that the power lays in the spiritual, right? Because that's the power of God, right? It's all part of loving people well, but only the church can be the church. Yeah, and the one thing that we mentioned this, how much we need that in our church is that spiritual um, serving one another. Um, we, we've talked about it in John 13. It's, it's when Jesus washes the, his disciples' feet and Peter has this confrontation with him and says, well, not just my feet, all of me, because Peter always wants to go above and beyond. And uh, he says... There's no reason when you wash, when you take a bath, you're clean, but your feet are still dirty because you walked from wherever you took the bath to where you at now. And, and the same thing with us. We are cleansed by the blood of 
of Christ. We're forgiven, but we are walking around in this world that is pollutes us with so much sin and so much evil that's around us that we need to be able to come around people and be prayed over to be, be spoken over yeah. to be encouraged absolutely life beats us up yeah. we need to come in and realize that when we come in a church a lot of times we're coming in wounded and we just need to we just need to know that someone cares yeah and worship is great and hearing a preacher preach is, is great to dive into the word but sometimes we just need somebody to put their hands on us and pray over us or encourage us and loving us and uh, that's what we need we, we need that washing of our feet as we come into the body of christ absolutely um so the the last point we want to look at colossians three twenty three and 24 um and i think this is again check your heart colossians three twenty three twenty four 24 says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. This is the the check your heart verse. Remember that when you whatever you do, make sure you do it with all your heart. It's not just like, man, I'm gonna do it, but I don't want to. And remember that you're not serving this person. You're doing it for God's glory, God's kingdom. It's the whole thing. If you love one another, they will know that you're my disciples. You're given, you're reflecting Christ onto the people around you. You do it for the Lord because, and then he even talks about, there's, a, there's many scriptures that talks about, don't give to somebody who can give you back, pay back. Don't, don't love unlovable people because anybody can do that. Love on those who are difficult, right? It's, it's those things. Why? Because... Love your enemies, pray for those who yeah, persecute Yeah, exactly. Why? Because you're doing it for the Lord. Lord, God is going to be the one who's going to reward you, not these people. They might say thank you. They might reward you with money and gifts and stuff like that. But none of that is worth of what God has for us. We, we need to remember we're not storing things here on earth. We're storing things in heaven and only God and God alone who gives us those rewards in heaven. So when we're talking about serving in, in, this, in this topic, serving in the body of Christ, um, we, we need to have that mindset of it's, it's not the thank yous and the praises here on earth. It's the well done, my good and faithful servant. That is the ultimate the goal. ultimate goal too. <sighs> I made it kind of deal. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to God. Know you are loved and covered in prayer.